money mindset. Hello and welcome to Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. I'm Neil Doig. We are Money Tips. We aim to help people make better decisions with their money by educating and inspiring. Here is today's episode. And please, if you enjoy or learn something, then tell a friend. Um, Tell them to listen or subscribe to the podcast. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. So what we're going to go through today um, is really just to understand people's money mindset. So when I say money mindset, what I mean it's your, I call it the inner game. So it's your actions, your relationship to money, your habits, or really anything that's, um, yeah, your hang-ups and basically how we're wired as humans. We're, as humans, we're, we're terrible investors because we've evolved uh, thousands of years ago not to live until 60 and now today we live until like 100 so it's really um, yeah trying to help people trying to make better decisions with money so we're going to get right into this and I'm going to ask uh, Rihanna some questions so thanks for joining us so Rihanna tell me about your single biggest challenge with money and your money mindset scale on a scale of 1 to 10 can I just start by prefacing anything I say with uh, informing our audience that I know nothing about money at all. And so I'm not going to be someone who's going to be giving very good advice and I will answer your questions as best I can. So just say, it's it's guidance and not advice. But yeah, the whole point of this podcast is really just to get regular people on and discuss about money. So I think there's a big hang-up in in the UK um, and and around the world as well where where people don't talk about their money and it almost gets into... um, problem where people almost shy to talk about their money I mean, it's almost become one of the biggest taboos um, out there so yeah part of this podcast is trying to um, yeah just get people talking about money really and people's money mindset so yeah coming back to the question tell me about your single biggest challenge with money oh god that's a difficult one um not having enough of it i think that's a pretty standard challenge that people have um generally spending a bit too much on things that I like doing um but yeah I mean other than that not I don't I don't think I have any specific problems with money I think I'm pretty normal in that you know we all could do with a bit more um and and that's that's probably the only challenge that I really have at the moment so when you say spending what are your main spending habits um, that's kind of private, so I probably won't go into it in too much detail in here, but I think just the, the usual things are, you know, going out, drinking, eating, spending money on your hobbies. That's that's just the normal stuff, isn't it? It's just life, right? Yeah, and we all, we all have that. So on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you think your kind of money mindset would be? What's 1 and what's 10? So 1 being really bad and then 10 being amazing. And what do you mean by mindset? So it's like, really, like we say, like your habits, your relationship with money, your um, your wiring, your inner game, your actions, how... It's, so I, I class it as two things. So I class it as your mindset, as in like your inner game, where that's your kind of your internal relationship with money. And I think kind of your outer game is how you um, invest or how you save or buying a house I think there's two different so I think there's two different things in my head there's um so for me people can be really think they're really good at investors like you can be make 20% of your return but then if you go and take that 20% and 
spend it on a TV, then you're, it's almost defeating your the point. It's so I think investing. Um, it's more like um, you're battling. You're not battling, but you're you're almost competing with yourself. Well, rather than on a the bit market. of a tangent here. <laughs> I know I was asking Maybe. what's one and what's ten. Okay, well I, just, I was just um, throwing it out there. Extrapolating. So what would you go? What would you go for then? I'm just gonna go with a solid eight. That's that's a high number. Yeah. So I would even put my. I would. So I was a financial advisor for two years. I've been investing for twenty. I would even say I'm seven on a or even six. Oh, sucks to be you. Yeah, I'm, I am. I think I'm a solid eight. Okay, okay. As well, with many things, I probably think I'm better than I am. Uh, okay, all right. Well, we're going to move swiftly on. Uh, so part of this podcast is aiming for what I call millennials, so 25 to 38-year-olds. So I'm 37. What you call millennials well, or just millennials? Well, I find a lot of people think uh, that millennials... So when I was went into speaking to publish, they were like thinking millennials were like... I don't know, like 21-year-olds who are still at university doing... They've got different challenges than I would call the, the actual technical... If you go on Wikipedia, it's 25 to 39-year-olds. Or any other resources available. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so I, I guess I'm clarifying the, the age categories. I think the age that I think I can help the most is definitely 25 to 35. So, essentially, I'm trying to write... The, the book I'm talking about, The Millennial Money Mindset, is essentially like the book I wish I had 10 years ago. That's... So, yeah, so I can't remember what I was originally talking about, but... Um, Standard. <laughs> Gone off on another tangent already. But, um, so, yeah, what... So, yeah, essentially, what does it mean to be a millennial? So, yeah, I was kind of explaining what I think a millennial is, but, yeah. So, Do you want so, me to explain what I think a millennial is? Well, I, so... What I was going to say, so for you, I think you've almost had it harder you, than, than what I would consider me being a millennial. I think you finished university during the financial crash when it came out... When you came out of university, you had, you know, there was probably high unemployment or you've had, you've lived most of your adult life having zero interest rates and, I mean, housing prices are nuts in London, right? So, yeah, I guess it may be harder for you being probably six years younger than me than, than I would experience being a millennial. But yeah, what, tell me what it means for you to be a millennial or challenge that you have around being this age. It's a difficult, excuse me, particularly difficult question to answer when you're about to sneeze. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult question because I guess I don't really um, necessarily think about being a millennial or like how that has affected me or my generation. Um, I think you've probably identified the, the biggest causes of money stress. Like graduating in 2010 was probably not the easiest time to get a job. But, yeah. Um, but you know what? Like we, most of us did get jobs, and yeah. and it's it's fine. Um, and I think the whole kind of interest rate issue, housing bubble issue, like those are things that we're all kind of just used to. Like yeah. that's normal for for me. Like I haven't really ever experienced anything else. So yeah. I don't necessarily think of them as these like major challenges in life because that's just kind of what life is at the moment. Yeah. Um. Sorry, what was but the question? No, it's just what it's like to be a millennial. You, you mentioned interest rate as well, which is an interesting one, which is basically you give £100 to the bank and they will pay you... It used to be 5%, so you get that. You get a £5. Oh, I know what an interest rate is. No, I'm is. just talking to um, explain to the audience. So, yeah, that, that, but the problem is that because interest rates are so low, you don't know... I, I'm just, when I explain compound interest to people, it's, it's quite difficult to get that concept over if you haven't actually experienced it yourself rather than because it's like you said it's it's normal now but it's it shouldn't be you should be you know interest rates used to be five 
percent and that was normal and you'd get money back on your in your savings which i mean it kind of increases the um, people's understanding of money because you you get money on your money uh, um yeah i just thought i'd meant to put that in but um well any other point you want to make on kind of a about millenn- being a millennial no yeah. not really let's move on okay so so we're going to have a bit of um you have to use a bit of your imagination now so just imagine that you're holding in your hand the winning lottery ticket from last saturday's uh lottery you've you've won millions of pounds and um you now realize that money is no object to you um you can do anything you want in life because you money's no um no barrier anymore so just tell me what would you change about your life and I mean, would you keep your same job for instance or just what would it be like if money was no object just paint me a picture okay so basically your question is what would i do if i won the lottery yeah in a nutshell <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh what would i do if i won the lottery give up work can okay. i give up work yeah, yeah. give up work um buy myself a big mansion somewhere okay get myself lots of horses and all those other frivolous things that people with much money can afford to do yeah uh, go on lovely holidays let's get you a boat you want a yacht right we'll get you a yacht that would be nice um yeah all of those things oh and obviously we'd give some away we have to say that right because we're being recorded <laughs> you don't so, have to yeah no i mean we would give some away right but um <laughs> but mostly spend it on us okay <laughs> have some fun okay so the reason i asked this question there's a guy called george kinder he's kind of the leading uh, financial planner in the states and this is one of the there's three questions i've got in here that basically helps you know where you want to get to in your life so it's i'm using his questions to they may say I'm a bit um a bit random but yeah it, it kind of helps me or helps helps other people when i speak to clients to understand what's important to them in life um so what would be your favourite mistake um, you've made with money or maybe an embarrassing habit that you've got with money? Um, I'm going to say it's not a favourite mistake. I'm not sure what a favourite mistake means. Um, I think that maybe something that I look back at and think perhaps that was a mistake and perhaps I would do it differently now than then is when I graduated university, um, my parents gave me some savings and I used those savings to pay off my student debt um, and I think part part of me is like I will always be naturally inclined to try and pay off debt because I don't like owing money um, but I think possibly that money might have been better off invested rather than paying off that debt which I could have just kind of slowly paid off through my income um, so that's, I guess, something that I might do differently. I don't know, though. Like, I might still do it the same. Like I said, I have these kind of deep-seated feelings about debt that yeah. I just don't like owing money. Um, no, it's right. I mean, there's a difference between good debt and bad debt. So, I mean, good debt would be what you'd class like you're in education where you'd, or say a house where you'd borrow money and that, that house is looking to go up in value or your education, you're going to get back, you know, an income over life on that. So... I would consider, you know, student debt as a good debt, whereas bad debt would be something I'd consider like a credit card. You go and buy a, a TV, um, and then that, th- then you get kind of into the spiral of compound interest, which really kind of, um, yeah, it's like a downward spiral um, where you get interest on your interest, and you you end up having to pay back much more. So, like, good debt is if you're if you're in debt because you've invested in yourself, and then yes. bad debt is like just if you owe money because you've 
bought too much stuff. It's yeah. It's is that is that thing you're buying going to go up in value, or is it going to that thing you buy going to go down in value? So if you go and take a credit card, which is my personal pet I hate credit cards, uh, but that's another topic. Um, if you go oh, and buy, let's talk about credit cards <laughs> next time. This will be fun. So if if you buy a TV, for instance, on a credit card, whatever it costs, how much a TV costs these days, like five hundred pounds or whatever, then you're going to pay it. Even if it's zero interest, you, that's going to go down in value. As soon as you walk out of the shop, that's worth less. Um, and then if you, you've got to buy, you've essentially got to pay interest on that in, on um, on that purchase. So that kind of gets you into a spiral of debt. So, um, but coming back to your student, yeah, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. You could have maybe invested it in the, the long term. But with a lot of things with money, there's no sometimes there's no right or wrong answer. So it's no. Beat yourself up, yeah, yeah, I'm not beating myself up. <laughs> I just think I generally haven't really made many mistakes, so I was trying to pull something out that oh, well, was bad. You could have gone for the embarrassing habit. I don't right? have any embarrassing habits. Do you want to know an embarrassing habit of mine? I still keep money under my bed, which sounds really weird. It's, this is the, I, I keep money everywhere in this flat, Neil. I know. We I, walk around the flat and we just pick up pound coins that's falling out of your thing. pocket. It's a weird thing. I, you know, I, I you shouldn't I, actually tell. I probably this. shouldn't tell. You. It's not much money, but it's just like like pound coins. Like it's. I, I watched too many episodes of um, Walking Dead or something. You know, if there's going to be like a you're worried about an apocalypse. If there is an so apocalypse, you're keeping some pound coins or just your money, bed. or like what? Why happens do you it? keep food? Yeah, that that would probably be a smarter option. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, or like if all the cash machines went broke down or something, or like I just like to have some cash. I don't know. It's like a, a what weird... good would cash be to a zombie? Or like I don't know. You could trade. Or like, it's, it's a weird habit. I don't know why I do it, but How I just much? feel. It's not, it's not much, it's like £100 or something, but I feel There's like... There's £100 under our bed? Probably, yeah. Sweet. That's like a weird thing that I have. There won't be £100 but, uh, under our bed tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving swiftly on. Okay, this is the second of the, the, that question, we, the George Kinder question, um, this um, financial planner. So his, his second question was, um, imagine a doctor tells you you have 10 to 15 years left to live. How would you spend your time? And is this if I have won the lottery or not? Well, either. Yeah, let's say let's say you won the lottery. Oh, well, then the answer would be the same, wouldn't it? I'd just spend it all on fun things. But, like, what, though? All the stuff, all my previous answer. So what I'm trying to get is kind of deeper, meaningful, quick oh, answers. Oh, I'm like, not the girl uh, for you. <laughs> well, I don't, yeah, like... What about I get, if I hadn't won the lottery? Do you okay, yeah, tell that? me that. Yeah, I go feel for like that. it might be a more interesting question okay I do that okay so if I had 10 to 15 years left to live and we know that for definite yeah could I not just put money into researching how I could live no that's not that's, that's not, not an option. option no oh that sucks um well if money's an object you know you have to I guess I'd have to keep working wouldn't I but um yeah I don't know I'll pro- probably just keep doing what I'm doing um okay. maybe eventually really depends on how much money you have, I think, that question. On is, how much money I have? Well, no, how, well yeah, how much money you have as well. <laughs> Maybe we could go on some nice holidays. Yeah, I guess, yeah, okay. That okay. fun. Cool, okay. So, next question. So, tell me about your biggest aha moment with money. So, any anything that you've kind of, you realise something and you're like, oh, that makes loads of sense. Or like, you just kind of, a bit like, I don't know, Archimedes sitting in the, but he's like, oh, that makes loads of sense now. That kind of, that's all come to me. Like, a eureka uh, moment, you mean? Yeah, aha. Like that you've used aha instead Whoa, of eureka. That's, that's maybe more Alan, Alan Partridge, right? Like, 
Uh, you went to Alan Partridge no, instead right. of Eureka. Um, right, I couldn't remember his name. Archimedes. It's not Archimedes. What's I don't name? know. This is embarrassing. I should know. We you should have done that. You should, should have done, done my, research my before you decided things. to put this into the. But no, I, I still call it aha. Like my aha moment when I'm like, ah, oh, that makes so. Does that not? Does it that, makes me think of maybe like. Alan Partridge. <laughs> 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 I just feel a bit me, like, like. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird. Let's call it a Eureka moment. Okay, fine. Okay. Any of those? Uh, about money. Yeah. Um. Not not no not eureka moments exactly. No, I think um there's been a kind of slow but steady realization that perhaps savings in a conventional savings account are not everything. Yeah. I think um potentially because the interest rates were higher when I was growing up. Yeah. The way that like my family would have always saved was you know savings in a bank account um and I think really it's only in the last few years that I've kind of realized well actually hang on a minute this money isn't making anything yeah it's just kind of sitting around depreciating in value over time yeah um so yeah I guess I wouldn't really call that a eureka moment I feel like a eureka moment needs to be like an instant of genius and unfortunately I haven't had any of those in my life (laughs) but yeah I think I kind of I'm more of the, the tortoise than the hare in this situation. Okay. I slowly and steadily come to the realisation that perhaps it's not all about savings in a bank account. Yeah, okay, interesting. You mentioned growing up as well and your kind of your parents' influence. That's Yeah, they'll probably of... be really annoyed with me for talking about that on here. No, well I won't go well what I mean is like that's very much money mindset. So your relation your how your parents treated money, I mean we learned so much from our parents, so we get into good habits or bad habits. Like think of like our food. If you if you're fed junk food as a kid, you're probably likely gonna you know you learn from that. Whereas if you learn, I don't know, good culinary skills, that's a good way to um, I don't know, you, you you learn these life skills. Whereas money, I mean, a lot of parents you learn say like oh you need to invest in really be really safe, be really cautious because they're seventeen. That's that's what they should be doing. Whereas a younger person, if you're twenty, you can take much more risk. Um, in your investments um, because you've got more time to ride out those ups and downs of the market rather than someone in their 70s who doesn't have that time so it's really um, our parents aren't always the best people to learn from uh, because they're just what we need to do is something completely different to what our parents do Um, so does that any other things you want to add to that no okay so let's go back to um, the final of these three George qu- uh, Kinder questions. So this is: Imagine a day, um, and you've only got one day left to live. Like, what would you regret in life not doing? That's kind of similar to your previous question, just on a shorter time frame. Yeah. The first one was: What would you do if you had ten to fifteen years to live, and now it's: What would you do if you had one day to live? Or is it: What would I regret? In my well, I life? guess the point of the question, what this guy was trying to get out of, it is like: So your ten to fifteen years is more like goals you can aim for, whereas. Um, if you've only got one day left, and you, what are you going to regret? You, it's kind of a. So it's like a what would you, what would I regret not having done? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't know. No, I'm quite like um. Well, I mean, you know me. Like I'm quite uh, like decisive about things. Think if I want something, I just generally do it. Yeah. Um, and I don't have anything at the moment that I think I'd be like. Oh, I really wish I'd done this thing. Okay. I, I, I feel like I, I mostly, if there's something that I want to do, I, I go and do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Which is always interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question. So, 
Lastly, eight questions. So, what's been your greatest investment to date and why? Ah, oh, our flat. Oh. It's my only investment, really. Okay, that's <laughs> nice. But I think our flat, because we bought this crumbling shoebox <laughs> in Bristol. No, it's, I think we did a lot. Of, we, we did a lot of work on it to find that that little. It's a, it's a diamond in the rough, that flat. Yeah, no, I think you're and right. I, I mean, we don't know yet if it was a good investment because we, um, you know, I think we'll know if and when we ever sell it. Um, but I I like it and I think it was a good buy. So, yeah. Yeah, I think our flat. But I, I kind of, I worry a bit about um, the whole kind of property ownership issue. Um, yeah. Because I've had a lot of my friends telling me over the last few years really oh you know you must buy you must get on the housing ladder um you can't rent forever and yeah. things like this and i think we're a bit fixated on on owning our own place yeah um doesn't mean it's bad to do that um i, I just think that different people are have different things going on in their lives and maybe it, it probably wouldn't suit everyone yeah um, i think for us it was a good investment i think we were at that kind of point where we had some cash, we, we wanted to do something with it, um, we did quite a lot of research, we felt like it was a good area to buy it in. And it we got was, basically priced out of Brist- uh, priced out of London. Like, didn't yeah, London, I mean, there's no way we could have bought in London, really, yeah, like, was there? And it wasn't just about not being able to, but it was also that kind of question of, do we really want to? Yeah. Like, do we really want to spend, I don't know, half a million on a similar kind of flat, like bad condition, tiny flat yeah. in South London. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was doing some research actually. Today. I was writing an article today. Since 1990, house prices have gone up 500% since uh, today. That's nuts, right? And it's like, it's just my own. And yeah. I think the wages have only gone up like 20%. Well, that's why no one can afford to buy anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, like, I always had this idea that I wanted to buy a place to live in um but actually i think what we what we did was was a a good kind of so yeah just explain the listeners so we still live in london but we basically bought a place a flat in bristol rent oh no we sound like we're there those dickheads (laughs) (laughs) everyone's gonna hate us no i mean i'm I'm 37 so it's i mean most people it doesn't make you not a dickhead don't swear on podcasts oh sorry um (laughs) but yeah i just mean that i mean people used to buy houses 20 didn't they but it's um yeah unfortunately um yeah no that's so that final that that has been your greatest investment you think the, the flat well that's my only investment really yeah so okay well that answers the question quite well that answers all my questions quite well so this has been uh, money mindset um Rhiannon, this has been a thank you for answering all the questions you've been um, amazing and um yeah thank you for all the listeners for um tuning in so you can find me on Instagram, millennial underscore uh, mindset underscore, yeah, sorry, millennial underscore uh, money, money underscore mindset. That's a bit of a mouthful. Too many underscores. Millennial money mindset is um, the Instagram. Um, yeah, so either give me a like or tune in for next time. Um, we'll have another interview uh, talking about money mindset. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Oh, bye. Money. Mindset. I think that sounds right. Thank you so much for listening to Millennial Money Mindset. 
Uh, I'm Neil Doig and hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please, if you're enjoying it, please and learn something, uh, tell a friend to listen, subscribe, or even if you learn something, tell them what you learn because it actually makes you learn more. It's like the cone of learning. If you start teaching people, you learn much, much more. So thank you so much and see you next time. Money. Mindset.